welcome to Behind the Sport. Uh, second season underway. Uh, Brent is here as usual. Uh, hey. How you doing? Good, good. Happy to be here. Now, um, everyone, if you've missed any of your season two episodes so far, you'd actually notice we're actually in the same place now. So, um, yeah, hi. I just, <laughs> yeah. So, if things get a bit creepy... We apologise. Uh, we still are going to try and re- meet our rating for YouTube monetization. Um, or if you guys want to just give us lots of money and we'll get really, really loose. So it's your choice. We can keep it nice and clean, professional, just to get a couple of cents out of Google. Or you guys can throw money at us and we'll just get loose. Now, um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, Brent, yes, this sir. week's guest... Yes. Who is it? Oh, well, it's the one and only Tom the Pom Hamlet. Tom the Pom Hamlet. Now, of course, we say that, but he's been sitting right here the whole time. So thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Good. How are awesome. you guys? Fantastic. It is good to be back in the studio. So, um, you know, we had a bit of a break between the last season, but, yep. um, you know, you know how it is. Um, now, you are a racer in Excels. I am. You also have a business called Pomtech Motorsport. Yes. What does Pomtech Motorsport do? Pomtech Motorsport is preparation and track support for sedan race cars, mainly. Um, yeah, helping out the younger kids, some of the older guys with their track support and day-to-day maintenance of the race cars. Cool. Um, now, Excels, uh, you race a pretty nice, well-presented race car. Think so. Um, would you say that too, Brent? Would you yeah, agree? It's a lovely motor. Yeah. So, um, how's your results been lately? The last few have been really good, more towards Taylor driving it than me. But yeah, she's won the last two rounds she's done. Um, the latest meeting was at Collie. I came second overall. Cool. Now, I that was my first trip down to Collie, which a lot of people will find shocking. Because um, they'll be like, hey, but you're like a motorsport person and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I've already got something on up here, so I never get down. And in college, it's, they have a lot of tuning days and a lot of sprints and stuff, but they only have a handful of true race meetings yeah. a year. So it doesn't, yeah. you don't get a lot of racing down there. Lots of tuning yeah. days, lots of sprints. Yep. But door banging. They, 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 definitely, they definitely down there need more race days. Yep. Um, they need a calendar. Yeah. Because that, that is one thing that, I don't know if I, you guys find frustrating, but oh, if you can't find information about motorsport online... Makes it very difficult. Makes it very difficult. And that's, you know. yeah, that's how we missed that last race meeting at Collie, because the days got changed, the calendar wasn't cemented, you know, all those little things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Collie, the circuit itself... Yeah. Layout. Oh man. Yeah, great it's track. I've always track. Right. I even like the old track, so yeah, yeah, yeah short track, track is really good for yeah. me. Yeah, nice. Um, so speaking with a few drivers down there, um, we were down there with the saloons and the XLs doing our thing. Um, a lot of you drivers are saying it's very much a driver's circuit down there. Yeah, compared to Barbagello, you can obviously only be in seven corners, and a couple of them are quite flowing corners. It's more of a discipline, so like turn one or cold that one are in raceway. Yep. Um, it's more of a... It's Wanneroo Raceway, folks, not Bubba Yellow, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it can be more of a discipline with picking up a throttle or turning points, whereas Collie, you have to hustle a car quite a bit more. Okay. Right, let's stop talking about racetracks. Let's talk about you. So how did you get involved in motorsport? 
Um, from a very young age, my dad has always done tarmac rallying, um, and I grew to love motorsport from there. I ended up going to Nash College of Motorsport at Silverstone to study and got an apprenticeship from there. Okay. Um, fill us in on exactly what all that is. Um, Got to remember, we live in Australia, so yeah. you know we're not ex- always up to date with what's going on in Europe. Yeah. Um, everyone seems to go to Europe, but they never come back and <laughs> yeah. tell us about Europe. Yeah, and I've done the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah. So my apprenticeship um, was based around Caterham race cars, a couple of Radicals, and we had a GT Cup car, which was a Corvette C4 GT3 car. That was cool. Um, we did a lot of restoration, and then from there I moved on to Genetas and British Touring Cars. Um, the main aim is to come over to Australia to eventually work in V8 Supercars, which has changed because I quite like it in Perth. Fair enough. And I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of changes going on with V8 Supercars, and mm-hmm. I think yeah. uh, we'll just all sit and wait and see what happens with that one yes. before we uh, go any further. Um, so after you did your apprenticeship there, what happened? I moved on to a team that was running Genetta Super Cup cars and Genetta GT3 cars in British GT. Okay. So were you driving or were you engineering? Uh, mechanic. Yep. Mechanic all the way through in England. Um, my racing only started once I moved to Australia, my driving. Okay. Um, did you have a favourite car to work on while you were over, over in there? Um, it would have to be British Touring Cars. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was great. What I've seen of British touring cars is they are... Is nuts the right word? <laughs> I wouldn't say nuts, but uh, they're a little bit more engineered around driving them a bit harder than some of the other more Euro disciplines. Yeah. 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 So I think it's so where you can liken them a bit more to a supercar, but maybe in a uh, lesser overpowered chassis. Yeah, and so you've got to drive them a lot harder. Yeah, a lot yeah. less aero. Yeah, there's yeah. basically no aero, yeah. Okay. All right. So what made you, obviously what you were wanting to get into supercars, so um, why did you end up in Perth? Um, Arise Racing. Okay. I was... Do we have to say thank you again to Megan <laughs> for something else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, We've so got to stop it. Sorry, Megan. We've got to stop, bringing, stop saying thank you to you on this episode. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, yep. so I originally was sponsored through Arise Racing. Okay. Um, and then moved on from there. And yeah, more into road cars day-to-day. I'm at Racing Dynamics at the minute. Yep. Um, working there full-time. And then Pomtech is growing from there, yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, so what was your first outing in a race car in Australia? My first... In a, so, end of 2016, I was helped along in go-karts by Flat Out Karts. Yep. Um, yeah, they were nice enough to help me out into racing through there. Um, so I did that for a year or so, and then my first outing in a race car was a historic Formula Ford. Okay. How did you go on your first outing in a go-kart in a, at some sort of competition level? I think my first meeting in a go-kart was probably my best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did it for a year. That's, that's, unu- that's unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of every answer we've had so far. Yep. Yeah. My first like major race was a Bunbury go-kart track, and yeah, I think that was my best I came Second, well, I was running second until okay. I dropped a chain, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, carts, you went to a historic Formula Ford. What was the learning curve like between those two? Massive, yeah. Um, so, the first time being on a full race car track in an open wheeler, which I'd never been in before. Um, yeah, that was a 
a different experience. My first actual driving of a race car on a track was to do my OLT. Yep. <laughs> so I hadn't actually driven before my OLT, so that was different. Yeah. Who did your OLT? Uh, good old John Herney. Okay. Yeah. That's a um, name I haven't heard on many OLTs lately. Yeah, John's still gets around. Yeah. 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 Okay. And how, how was he to deal with doing your Good, yeah. Doing so he test? was up in the tower. Yep. Um, I saw him for probably the first three laps and then he vanished. Okay. So hopefully I was doing quite a good job. At the time, I wasn't sure <laughs> if it was a good job or a bad job because he vanished. Just, but yeah. just packed up his toys and went <laughs> home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this isn't going to go well. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then, so after Formula Ford, where'd you go from there? I drove the historic Formula Ford a couple of times. Um, a couple of races in 2017, one or two in 2018. And then 2019, I did a whole season um, with Fastlane in the S3. Okay. Cool. Which is a stealth S3, which is actually built by Brett Lupton at Fastlane. Mm. And how was that to drive? Good. Different. I'd driven a few by then just to shake them down or testing for some of the other cars. Yep. Um, so it did handle quite a lot different. It was more. It was a lot more on the front end. There's a lot more push mid-corner, um, whereas all the other former Fords are a lot more taily. So okay. that was different to drive, but I quite liked it. So XLs, how did you make the jump from the open wheelers into an XL? Once I'd raced the Formula Fords, I decided I'd try and start up Pomtech. So gradually started the up and um, got more and more equipment. And then I spoke to a couple of guys in the XLs that were struggling at the time, wanted to make a bit of difference. And from me racing Formula Fords, they'd heard that about my driving and asked if I could help in any way. Um, so yeah, I started helping them out with the setup, um, a little bit of driver training, and went from there. Okay. Cool. Now, what um, did you compete last year? I'm trying to remember. No, I did one, one race last year. Okay. Yeah. Was that the enduro? Yes. Okay. Yeah. With Jake right. Yes. And you guys finished first. We finished first. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. That was um yeah that was actually that was a Chris Mitchell interview I think he had Chris yes, Mitchell yes, as soon as he got out of the car that was yeah, a bit that was yeah. a bit um yeah entertaining yeah that, so. was first, that was the first face I saw when I got out yeah was, <laughs> luckily I didn't have time to think about it so yeah. I was quite, I was okay in that interview yeah <laughs> so was, we've done a we've done a bit of work with you to um yeah you're sponsoring the uh, Excel category this year yeah. which um you know it's great to see um you know local motorsport people sponsoring motorsport yeah um you know the the big thing is you know keeping motorsport money within motorsport absolutely um and you know that could that be a new hashtag for you brent yeah i'll add it in there yep <laughs> yeah. oh i just yeah, you know my theory on it man. it just yeah. it just got to go around it's um everyone just keeps helping out it keeps motorsport cool and it stops people with thinking oh this is all too hard and buying a boat you know? Yeah, absolutely. you can. You can but Vaughn done, and I think you might be regretting it already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I mean, even boat just stamps will bust out another thousand. Yeah, <laughs> you know, race cars are feeling the same. But compared to, um, you know, the likes of some of the other disciplines, you know, the, your motocross and your, your dirt racing and that, there's there is a lot of keen sponsors ingrained in that motorsport and, and decent prize money when you get up yeah. in the levels. Yeah. Circuit racing just doesn't exist. 
No. You know, and it's not, not at the state level, and it, it takes as much dedication and as much work to get it there. So having someone like Pontic here, you know, putting back in and just getting more and more people performing and getting that top ten so much tighter is, yeah. is yeah. what it's about, man. Yeah. So we thank you. <laughs> so what what are your plans you you obviously want to build pom tech um, but what are your other plans you want to do any more racing or just sort of casual racing and when you feel like it sort of deal what what's your deal there yeah i would i'd like to do more racing than i do um our next event in the xls is the enduro again i'll be doing that in the pom tech car with taylor um so yeah hopefully we've got a good chance in that other than that i am building a little rally car for Tarmac Rally. Okay. So that will hopefully be finished in the next month or so. I've been saying that for about three years, but... but it's still really pretty good timing. Yeah. yeah, it is really <laughs> close now. Yeah. So, yeah, once I've done that, I'll go towards more rally sprints and a little bit of improved production. Yep. Um, yeah, try and broaden my customers that way. Okay. So, um, obviously, besides the Rise Racing to get you... Um, uh, like, yeah, get you into into I guess motorsport in Western Australia, um, and you know flat out carts and Brad. There have been other people that have really helped you along the way. Yeah, so for Pomtech itself, it's been a big help with the XL customers. They're all XLs is like a big family, so everyone talks to each other, and it's been a lot of word to mouth. Word of mouth. Um, That's right, we're not editing this <laughs> like the other interview we did with you. <laughs> I took a lot of Tw- in, yeah. 20 takes later. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in UK at the time of Mayor Keldersey? No. Yeah, so, um, yeah, word of mouth for a lot of the customers. Um, obviously, I, I helped a few guys out quite a lot and they appreciated that, passed on the word. Um, so yeah, it's grown, grown like that. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, Brent. Yeah. You guys have fan questions for him. What's going on? Oh man, there? I've got uh, oh, fan questions. Well, there's there's lots of hotline bling around Tom. So, <laughs> um, but so no. remember, we're not a gossip show though. No, so I won't start on the gossip. Um, no, let's go for the gossip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, anything anything XL wise that's fast and WA has pretty much got Tom's badge on it, so we don't go there. But. Um, speaking of stuff in the UK, with the Genetas, you get the GT3, and what was the other one you, you mentioned? Uh, Super Cup. Super Cup. So is it the, the, the four-cylinder jibber, the that's control category? No, so that's the, no, that's the Genetta G40. Yeah, okay. They yeah. do GT5 and yep. the Genetta Juniors. Yeah, they did yep. have a little bit to do with that, not so much. Um, the Super Cup cars are a GT4 car with the V6. V6, yeah. yeah There's a few V6. of them floating around over... Over here, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, wicked. So, what with that? Did that, that involve? So, with the involvement, that was that just mechanicing, as in servicing between events, or did you travel with the team and work with the different drivers? Because obviously, they're sort of programming a lot of lease drivers and yeah. varying levels of skill and, and learning that way. How did that all unfold? Yeah. So, I was a mechanic at the workshop and out track support, um, full time with all all those things. My major way of getting into car setup was through um, driver debriefs after once the cars have all been prepared. Um, afterwards, I would always hang back and listen to the driver's briefs, and I picked up quite a lot from that for setup-wise and learning how what different things did for the car and yeah, setup-wise. 
that's where yeah. my knowledge of that came from. Yeah, so that's what that's what grounded you on that side because obviously yeah. that's your, your massive advantage or what you bring to the XLs. Yeah, that that setup ability. So how like obviously the XLs are a bit of a different beast, being quite low powered, front wheel drive. Yeah. Um, you got to drive them a little bit unorthodox to really get you know those crazy times out of that some yeah. of these guys are getting. Um, how 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 did you make that transition? Or it was same same. You managed to apply the same principles. Um, a lot of the things with front wheel drive and rear wheel drive, a lot of the setup changes are kind of opposite to each other. Um, however, driving an XL myself, I managed to pick up a few ideas of the way you do have to drive them, and they are very unorthodox driving style, which I think is because of the low power. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's the way I've learnt it, driving it myself, um, getting feedback from other people, and trying to throw in what I've learnt from most of the past. Yeah, wicked. No, yeah, they, they are, and I've said it to anyone that'll listen, because I've had a couple of XLs, that if I could do five laps in the XL hot and jump straight into the skyline, I'd have to be two seconds a lap quicker or dead. Because <laughs> the way you can rail the bowl <laughs> in an XL yeah. is just... Yeah, I used to love doing the... I don't know about you, but I love doing the Wednesday tuning day nights in the XL because you get so many road cars turn up that should be fast. I mean, obviously road cars are... There's so much compromise in a road car, yeah. road car you know, that, and a lot of guys have spent money in potentially the wrong areas with a road car. And you can... You know, when you're mincing WRXs in an XL yeah. or, you know, um, S2000s and 350Zs and that sort of stuff and you're chasing them around in something that just shouldn't do it, it's... Um, it's kind of going, it shows those guys that hey, you take real race cars. Excel's a real race car, yeah. And, and you put a bit of bit of time into getting it set up right, rather than chasing horsepower. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the right way to go. Yeah, and in a small horsepower category like the Excel's, where all the horsepower is the same, um, that does really show then with the setup. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, um, you know, like Barb's is a you know, love it or hate it. I, I love Wanneroo, um, I should say. But uh, it's a horsepower track. Yeah. So if you have a bit of a mistake coming out of the bowl and you've got a car like the Skyline where you just hit the button and put 10 more pounds of boost into it, you make up 100 horsepower up the hill, it doesn't matter. You get an XL and you come out of that bowl wrong or you don't get your line right or you're not on the throttle soon enough. Yeah. Yeah, you come out 5K slow, but that's five links at the end. Yeah, it really shows, yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's, that's cool. So you're going to switch that up, go to Tarmac Rally, which is huge in WA. you just got to go to the Motorplex mm. on, a, on a Thursday. Was it Thursday, Thursday nights? Yeah, yeah Thursdays. Thursday nights. And um, 76, 80 competitors for one discipline, one category pretty much. Yeah. It's huge. And the, and it's a daunting little circuit, that one they set up at the Motorplex there. There's fence posts and giant curbs and... Mm-hmm. Concrete walls. And concrete walls. <laughs> and <laughs> you see plenty of really lovely cars eat it there. Yeah. Um, what are you going to take? What are you going to? I know you've done a little bit of stuff with with Udi and that, and, and, and the pure rally and his Tarmac rally car. Yeah. Um, are you building an Evo or something along those lines? No. Seems to be the flavour of that that group, and you know, working with Kate and that, they get a lot of lovely cars through there. Yeah. My car is a Barina. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Completely off a of scale. Um, Yep. Yeah, it's, so it's a bit it's of a throwback for IP, like you're saying as well. There's yeah. a few marinas back in the day there. Yeah, yeah so I s- originally started building that car in England to do rallycross. Oh. Obviously come over here and rallycross sort of tried, yeah. but it didn't really work. Um, so I then ended up deciding to ship all the parts over here. I spent enough money on it that I need to yeah. carry on. <laughs> so I shipped all the parts over here, got a new shell, had a roll cage put in that. Um, that was by Mark Bourne. Great job. Lovely. Um, 
put the roll cage in, got it all painted up. And yeah, the car's almost ready to go. So it's still front wheel drive, it's two litre turbo. Oh, wow. Now I've got yeah. another engine that's a non turbo for improved production, hopefully. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll upset a few of the people with the big V8s. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's, as much as, a, as, a, as I love a decent beefy V8, I've had, had a couple, but to see the, the small pots being, being an import car, I love anything that's been in. So, and with setup, if you can yeah, exactly get right, a yeah. car to sit tire and, and turn on a dime. Yeah, oh, especially with the, the one down at Perth Motorplex. A lot of it is quite twisty, so it should prove itself, hopefully. It's wicked. So, had you done, so you did, uh, you mentioned you did uh, autocross. Or is it like is that like the half dirt half tarmac type stuff? Yeah, there, that's, or that's what I was building it for. I haven't done any of, any of that racing. My dad did a lot of that in between yeah. doing stage rallying, so I found a love for that as well. Um, so that was the plan for that car originally. Yeah. So you're just naturally drawn to that because of the upbringing, yeah. not so much because of the work side of it. Yeah. Yeah, wicked. No, that's, that's that is um that's really cool to see. Do you think you'll go full dirt with it, or you'll go more the tarmac side of it? Circuit-based side of it. I think most of it for now will be tarmac. It has cost me a lot of money, and I'm <laughs> nervous to see it getting damaged. So I will stay tarmac for now. Yeah. If at some point it does get a bit ratty, I'll go towards Potentially go chasing trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, rally is something like... Uh, I've got a lot of very good friends at rally. I've just never... It's one one discipline I've never turned my hand to, yeah. and, I, and I can say it's probably one I'll never turn my hand to. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's. it's oh, you got to be a certain level of nuts. Yeah, yeah to I mean, do it's a whole different. Like especially in per, like it's in WA with with the pea gravel. Yeah, you know, like we had Molly Taylor on last season, you know, and she was saying that like, that's one of her favorite parts of coming to WA yeah. is the pea gravel because there's nothing like it anywhere else, and you know, like just walking on it, I almost go ass over tits. Oh, yeah. You know, like, never mind being in a car doing 100 and something k's an hour. Oh, it's, and it takes a special skill set, I think, to be good at that. Like, I'm no good at, at sprints and I'm no good at hill climbs. I'm, I'm a continuous lap sort of guy. Yeah. I like... Bit of repetition. Yeah, yeah, bit of repetition. So Except um, the practice days. I except heard. the practice days. <laughs> this, oh, it's just <laughs> full potato. Um, that, yeah, we won't go into that. It's a fixed. Yeah. I think time and money can't fix. Yeah. But, um, no, wicked. So... That that'll open up a whole new customer base for you, a whole new everything. Um, that is that is just really really cool to see. Um, so tell us about what um, what else you're doing at the moment. So you're working with Cade at Racing Dynamics, a really beautiful shop just up the road, yep. here, a real high end shop. Um, what are you working on there? What's the mo there with Cade? Obviously, he turns out some really lovely tuned Euro stuff. Uh, looks after some real high end IP cars. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm working there full time at the minute. Um, mainly in European tuning cars. There's a couple of Tama Rally cars we've got there at the minute. Um, yeah, helping out towards that. And the mo- my favourite part is the motorsport stuff, obviously. Um, I still enjoy all the tuning of the European cars. It's a different area to what I've been used to, so that's cool learning new stuff. Um, and I get on with everyone great there. It's a really good team. Yeah, it's good. Oh, wicked. And um, with the track side, the sport side of it, it's obviously, you know, I do it with Lux as well, and then, you know, I've got the bug back. Now the kids are a little bit older. I'm getting back into racing because it just sucks up so much time. But how, how do you balance that time between doing your own stuff and, and serving 20 XL Cup cars that you look up? Yeah, it's, it's been difficult at times. Um, obviously, the lead-up to race weekends 
goes crazy. So that's evenings and weekends taken up um, to get all the cars ready. I get a lot from helping everybody out and the fun of making sure everyone's going good and faces on everyone at the end of the weekend. So for for that, the lead up to it being hectic is yeah it's worth it by good. the end of the weekend. Um, obviously, not all the time. Someone goes great, but problem or another it's about sport but yeah the majority of the time it's yeah it's it pretty good yeah yeah and then i suppose that leads me into the next thing i was going to talk about motorsport is probably one of the cruelest sports like it is just harsh you can have so much work put so much work into a car so much emotion money put the money aside just the time vested and time spent away from family and and all that sort of stuff um and sometimes it just doesn't work out. And sometimes it can't even be your fault. It can be the 20 cent part failure or yeah. just a brain fade on the track and it just ruins a really, really good weekend. And, and there's such massive highs and massive lows. It's not for everyone. Some people do loop out and some people do say the wrong things at yeah. the time and, and get you know show that emotion. How, you know, how, you're, you're quite a young dude. How have you manage to try and deal with that because some people it's hard to it's confronting and it's hard to deal with it, we don't, and we don't talk about that enough in motorsport yeah it is it is and obviously all the people in motorsport are all competitive otherwise we wouldn't be doing it yeah, absolutely. even the ones that are doing it for fun <laughs> we're all still competitive um, and you do end up with hot headed people um, which is hard to deal with I'm very very competitive myself um, so yeah I would if I was a professional race driver, I would have thought I'd be quite hard to deal with. <laughs> but yeah, I try. I do try my best to keep everyone happy and all the rest of it. They, yeah, everyone I've dealt with so far in the XLs has been great. Um, obviously, there's a couple of heated arguments every now and again. Nothing out of the ordinary, but it's, that is motorsport. Um, yeah, red mist descends on some people, and yeah, all the rest of it. Yeah, I think you picked up on a pretty good party because we wouldn't be doing it if we weren't didn't have some sort of competitive thing, you know. I think Absolutely. whether it's uh, um, BMX as a kid or go karting or growing up and, and doing more hard out stuff with carts or whatever you're doing, it's that competitiveness that makes you do put more on the line than you know a game of tennis or, or yeah. a leisurely walk for golf, Andrew Stevens. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it, and it sort of comes. This this question sort of came from a conversation with Andy the other week because it is you put so much into it, and sometimes you just you let go, and you and you shouldn't. Yeah, you know, and and it's always interesting to see how different people deal with it. You know, like um, there is so much on the line and and so much done, and um, as long as everyone's still at the end of the day, whatever happens, you shake hands and everyone has a beer and it's all good. Yeah, uh, I think that's the the cool thing. Um, most of the Excel field, though, can't drink beer. No, yeah, most of them are too young for, for a beer, but... Um, yeah, well, I'm, need I'm English, need to point so that I, out. <laughs> I sort of make up for it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, working with the Vissaris, it's always a good yeah. nudge at the green with the, yeah. Yeah. No, but it's like... It's, I think Cam Atkins' dad probably um, makes up for some of that drinking Oh, too. Cam, is Cam allowed to cook yet? We've got to ask Cam if he's learned how to cook yet. Uh, we'll, get him on this. we'll get him on and ask him. We'll set up a little stove here for him. Yeah. <laughs> Cooking by Cam. We can start that as a second. Yeah. No, that's, that's a whole other inside joke about that. We won't go into that. Um, but no, it's like, because with a category like Excel's Formula Ford, there's there's some 
older heads and some younger heads, I suppose. Yep. Uh, it's just always good to try and remember that we've got to show people the right way up. That we are none of us are um, supercar drivers. None of us, are, um, you know, none of us have media obligations. But we've still got a policy that we have to adhere to, and um, it's just interesting to see that how people deal with it. And I think it needs to be talked about more because it's. I'm a yo-yo. Like I'm, I'm, I would be if I was a professional driver, I'd probably be sacked. Yeah, because I, I get <laughs> I'm the same. Lee. And, and where I get frustrated is like some cars, um, like the, the Skyline, for instance. It should be Lego. It should be you know it's been done. It's an older car. It's been done a hundred times before. Everyone's driven one of those cars fast. It should be ring up by X, Y, and Z. Bolt it in the car. Tune it up. Go run. You'll get X result out of it, right? You know, like you buy a GT3 Porsche. You know you're going to go straight out and do a late 58, and then once you get better at driving, you do a low 58, and that's yeah. it, right? Um, it's kind of it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't do what it says on the packet all the time. You know, like and and humans that just aren't that evolved enough to deal with that yet. You know. Yeah. And and I think in other sports, like I, I know, for instance, for football for kids, even at a lower club level, they have more what you used to call club chapmans and, and stuff like that getting around and helping deal with things. It's, um, yeah, I just think we need to talk about it more. So. Yeah, I've found a lot of... A lot of involvement in motorsport comes down to the track on the day and to be able to teach someone or explain that to someone is hard. Yeah. Um, you can't see the change by eye. Um, but, yeah, the track involvement is a massive change tires is always a talking point <laughs> my yeah. tires are better than yours your tires are better than mine um, yours are buffed more than mine yeah <laughs> <laughs> what treatment have you used compared to me <laughs> why are yours wrapped in that funny black stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all that all those kind of things for motorsport as a yeah as a situation so things you can't change you have no control over and then you have different experience levels so someone's yeah more laps than others um and people do find that hard and the more racing you do do you realize the hot-headedness you, you can control it um you still forget about that sometimes every now and again um but yeah that it should be spoken about more i think you're right yeah yeah so bringing it back to the the tom show and, and set up obviously with xls you've got um, a varying level of drivers that you help out. Some drivers have been in the category for a couple of years, yep. some older drivers. Um, and, and I talk about this all the time with, with like Damo that helps me out and, and Andy again, I keep raving on about him, but he's done a billion laps at every record there is. And then I'm sort of in the middle and, and Damo's getting back into it. Um, but we all have completely different ways of interrogating what the car's doing. Yep. And it frustrates the hell out of the three of us at times. How, how do you... How do you do that? Because you've got, you got a new driver that's trying to maybe bring over what he's feeling from the way a cart would work. Yep. You've got an older driver that's coming back into it, maybe hasn't done a lot of motorsport, but he's having this midlife crisis and, and buying a race car and building an X hours and maybe a project and getting back into it. How do you sort of try to find that middle ground without giving away your secrets and car setup? But how do you, um, you know, how do you work that magic? Yeah, so that is probably the biggest thing I've learned recently is hard to decipher between the fastest setup and how someone is comfortable mm. obviously I've done quite a few laps in my own um, XL so I've gained a setup from that from my own driving and 
a couple of other people have driven it with me, so like Taylor. Um, we've learned a lot from driving it ourselves, and then you have someone else that I've put exactly the same setup into, same car setup, and they don't like it for whatever reason. Their driving style, so how smooth you are turning in or anything like that. So that has been hard. And then you have, again, like you said, the young and the old. It's literally just the way people drive. Um, and it is hard to deal with. But then through doing more laps yourself and through helping those out at private practice sessions or anything like that, you can and then decipher the kind of setup they're looking for. Yeah, cool. So with the um, with some of the newer drivers coming into it, how do you, like, obviously motorsport's expensive enough it is, but I think there's private practices with someone you can actually spend the time to, to talk through without the, the, the crazy... Because a race, like, some people just turn up, do their race meeting, do nothing, come back, do the next race meeting. Sometimes yeah. they even do the tuning day. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to get progression if that's what you're doing, you know, unless you've really got your grasp around your car, you've been doing it for years and years and years and years, you're that comfortable in it. Yeah. But starting out, I think those tuning days, going up and spending a couple hundred bucks, doing a couple of hours, but making sure you've got the time to really talk through, it's feeling like this and it's kind of doing this and trying to un- trying to get to the same equilibrium or same point of understanding of what I'm saying and what you're hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't rave on about that enough. People don't, I don't think people utilise it enough like no. I know it's expensive motorsport and that, and we don't have the, um, you know, it's not cheap to go, and it's not free to go to a tuning day, you yeah. know. It, it costs time, you've got to have a first aider there with you, blah, 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 blah. But if, if you can get it in your head, you're going out there and you're just going to rail that one corner and keep doing that and figure out how the car's sitting on the tyre, whatever, and then having someone to actually talk that through that knows what they're talking about, not yep. just someone on Facebook, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Not a forum or whatever, you know, back in my day, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's invaluable, and that service, um, you're paying for someone's time. You've got to recognise that that's the cost, but the, the, the way you'll advance that, that much quicker is, is tenfold. Yeah, the enjoyment you'll get on a track day, feeling more comfortable in the car, tenfold. Yeah, I've, ha- I've helped up quite a few of the XM guys down with private practice. It is expensive initially, and you do need a, a, a few yeah. sessions, so it does end up being expensive, but then again... They tried doing the same thing on tuning days and you have to be in your mirror looking for faster cars all yeah. the time and you can't concentrate on one corner at a time because someone might become inside of you. And that is, you're right, exactly where a lot yeah. of time is gained, where you can work on one corner at a time, forget the whole lap time, yeah. work on one corner at a time and build up from there. Um, so, yeah, that is... And there's, there is quite a few people that do it, so someone might not have the time in the week to do it... Um, most of the ones I've been doing have been in evenings and weekends. And then you have other guys like Nick Mittick. He's done many laps around Barbagallo. He's really good at the drivertrain stuff as well. So there is plenty of guys out there that can help you. Um, and it does it does help massively to be further up to the point end. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And we're kind of lucky at Barbs. Because most, like I said, none of us are, are too over the top. And we have got some immense talent there. You know, like Nick Mittick mentioned, like the dude's a freak behind mm. the wheel. But he's actually a genuinely nice dude, you yeah. know. And like Alec, man, just the loveliest bloke you'll meet, you know. So yeah, and that, and he's always got a bit of advice and, and helps out big time. And uh, yeah, I think like yourself, um, there's a few guys there that are more than are willing to help. Yeah. Uh, Walker in the um, saloons, man, just man gets after it. Yeah. Good dude, done tons of laps. Um, I actually yeah. had a private session on the weekend with him. Yeah. Yep. And it was. What kind of session? <laughs> 
Very groggy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please sponsor this so we don't have to stop this sort of stuff going on. <laughs> um, do you want to? Hey, we could be like behind the sport presented by Pomtech Motorsport. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, done. And Lux Performance. Yeah, like, you know, chuck some money. Phenomenal feat. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, oh, so uh, Chase Hoy um, was out. Um, they oh, yeah, did some work, on Saturday, yep. work on the car and. Um, and yes, I was out there with a session with uh, him and yeah, what Watkins was there as well, and um, yeah, just watching him like just you know really really pushing Chase around that track. Yeah. Um, to you know, I'm pretty sure Chase did a couple of PBs and yeah. um, they did some work on his car. Can't say exactly what they've done, but they've done some work. Oh, I had a, I had a look, I had a cheeky yeah. look at it when I went yep. to and it looks, the damage yep. online. And it yep. looks very good. Yep. So um, yeah. It'd be nice to see that car at the front end, but yeah, having people like that up at the track and available, you know, to help out. Oh, it's wicked. Yeah, yeah, and and to have the time to do it because, like I said, tuning days can get hectic. You, you know, you get a really fast sports sedan out there with you, and you're in an XL. Yeah, the closing speed is hectic. You know, sorry, Ranu, for what I did on Friday, um, <laughs> but uh, the. Um, yeah, that time spent because on tuning day the sessions don't always line up. You're still you hear that loud speaker, you get that bit of a rush, you put your gear on, you climb in, you know, you, whereas you're on your own time at a tuning day, you don't have to be rushed. And if you go out there with a specific goal to do one thing, you know, like, uh, yeah, it, it, it makes massive sense. And we, we just, yeah, um, got so many good guys here, you know. Like I used to I used to take such a cooked line through turn seven and it was um, Stewie Castera that pulled me aside once yeah. and said, you know, Drive wider out, you know. They put bitumen out there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, you know, use it up. And now to the point where I'm always putting a wheel in the dirt on that far out before I turn it, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and, and that's just from having that time to talk through it with someone that's done a lot of laps in a lot of different cars. Yeah. And and they all want to help, you know. Like this, we're kind of lucky. We just don't use it enough. We're all, on a race day, you're so ingrained in the turn-up, scrutineer, driver's briefing, get your check your door in works, your door in doesn't work, go back, go over the way bridge. <laughs> yeah. Go for a nervous one, get your gear on, be late, the battery's flat. You know, all those things that go on and then it's hurry up and wait and you're in a car and you yeah. don't get that time to sit down and digest and do yeah. whatever. You know, like professional teams, like saying you have a driver's debrief, you sit down and you talk about it, figure it out, that's how that feedback works. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. as a club-level motorsports all mainly on one day, whereas all the other professional kind of stuff is over three days, so you do have a little bit of a break yeah. overnight or anything like that to, yeah... To talk about, figure it out. And, yeah. No, that's cool, man. Oh, no, I'm stoked to hear the Tom story. It's kind of cool. Superstitions? Super, yeah, any, yeah, well, let's bring so, it up. It's, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. So, um, so, so you, you know, you've been a bit rusty with asking yeah, the questions. Yeah, a bit so. rusty. Um, yeah, any superstitions? You know, every driver's got a weird superstition. They do something funny. Um, last year, I think if we if we ran a ran a uh, metric or a graph on it, we'd probably find that uh, using the same toilet stall was the flavor. Yeah, that was one of the. That was one of the. Yeah, it came I up quite a bit. Don't like the use of flavor of the year, but yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> we can. Uh, oh, mellow yellow. <laughs> don't eat yellow snow. Yeah. Luckily, it doesn't snow in WA. No, thank God. For that. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Back on track. My superstitions. Well. <laughs> this only happened in Formula Ford. So, I grew a moustache. It was a Larry-looking moustache. It was there. And I had a hat that I bought in Monkey Mire. And those two, together, helped me win races. So, I wore that same hat every time I raced. Not 
instead of a helmet, but before I raced, I had that helmet on, and I wouldn't <laughs> shave my moustache just in case. So by the end of the season, the moustache was getting quite annoying, so I left his last, last race to shave it off. Tom, the pole cleaner from Monkey Moore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, that was my superstition. Okay. Oh, I've still got go. the hat, but not the moustache. We might have bring the moustache back. You and my Larry Shorts, I had fairly Larry Shorts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pure pom spec. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long striped white socks, trainers, fluoro shorts, and jazzercise videos before uh, before uh, race meetings. You know, we'll be lined up there, stretching, and yeah, yeah we can see it now. <laughs> All right, but on to on to our last probably couple of que- couple of questions here. Anything else for you? No, 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 I'm just thinking about. Oh God! Um, another another one of our favourite questions is if uh, so. We'll ask you for two different two the same question for two two different reasons. Mm-hmm. So if you were able to do an enduro with any driver from any era, any category of motorsport, who would you want to do an enduro with? Where's the enduro at? Anywhere. 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 Yeah. Okay. This is like ultimate driver, co-driver, fantasy, any any one, any one track. UK lottery, 100 mil, you yep. can pay anyone to do whatever you want. And you can bring it back from the Ooh. dead as well. Well, enduro-wise, after watching it last weekend, would have to be the Nurbo Ring 24-hour. Yep. That is insane. Um... It'd obviously have to be in a GT3. Yep. But who with? If it could be anyone ever, my well, my absolute idol in motorsport is Colin McRae. Okay. So it would have to be Colin McRae. Cool. Yeah. Now, part two of that question. If you could work on someone's car, any car, like dream car, whose car would you want to work on? Okay, so it wouldn't be Colin McRae's <laughs> because yep. he, yeah, he was on the limit. Um, who would it be? It would have to be someone like um, I don't know. That's a, that's a very tough question. Whose car? It has to be someone very consistent. <laughs> someone like Alan McNish. Okay. Yeah. All right. Racing, yeah, he was pretty consistent. Cool. Apart from the last couple of years, actually, <laughs> saying that. <laughs> the answer's in there. You can't change it. Yeah. Well, that's it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, look, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Um, and being part of this um, schmozzle that is behind the sport. Um, and you know, obviously, we'll see you at the track with you know, your involvement with the Excel Cups. Uh, cup cars in uh, Western Australia, will. and um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, you get your tarmac car finished sometime this year. Yeah, I'm hoping. <laughs> when does the season? The season kicks off in November, I think. October. No, October, yeah. Yeah, October, yeah, November. I'm not so sure when Bunbury Sprint is as well. Yeah. Yep. So. Hey, I was going to about you. Bunbury's a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, I have said Watch a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> I've said a couple of times. Right, I'll be there for Bunbury yeah. Rally Sprint. Two years ago. So okay. This year. <laughs> okay. So, you, year. so we're going to do an exclusive clip. Tom yes. Hamlet says he's going to be ready. <laughs> so straight down that camera right there. You can tell him you're going to be Tom. ready. Tom Hamlet's burrito will be ready for Bumby Rally Sprint 2021. <laughs>
and all the competitors buy every hat and monkey mire and put them on all the hay bales. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you very much, Brent, as always. Um, yep. Yeah. You know what to do. Press all the funny buttons down there that say like, follow, whatever. Um, check out Pomtech Motorsport on social media. Um, Lux Performance if you want. Um, it's usually just a lot of pictures of potatoes. Um, and, of course, all the behind-the-spot stuff. Catch you next episode. <laughs>